What up, HyperChange? Welcome to another episode. Today, we're doing a continuation of our research on QuantumScape, the new solid state battery maker uh, that recently IPO'd. I was, had a very skeptical hot take on my live stream and have since then had a bunch of phone calls, uh, really dig my teeth into this story. Um, so kind of wanted to continue and, and have a casual conversation. We have an epic honor to have uh, the limiting factor on the show as well joining us for this. Uh, Jordan, what's up? Hey, how's it going, Gally? Thanks for Great. having me. Yeah, I'm um, really uh, honored that you'd be here for this. Uh, Jordan is has an excellent channel about bat battery research. He's way more knowledgeable about the technical side of things. Um, so that'd be awesome to jam with him on this. And I've been looking more and more into this and I'll just give you my take, Jordan, and then we can you can hear your side of what did QuantumScape actually unveil? So we have basically, uh, you know, solid state batteries have been on the horizon forever for electric vehicles. Right now we use lithium ion batteries, which is what Tesla has in their cars. But there's always been this promise of like, this solid state battery is gonna come out that like can last way longer, that's like a thousand mile car that can charge in two seconds, that'll be like, this holy grail of EV technology is the next step function. But we've always seen kind of delayed, missed promises, missed timelines. Like I personally got so skeptical on it because I'm just like, how many times are we gonna see this and uh, have, it, have it just be delayed and never come to fruition? But now we got this company, QuantumScape, who's been working on it for 10 years. Bill Gates is backing them. JB Straubel's on the board of advisors. Another uh, couple people from the Battery 500 Consortium, which we know is the leading academic thought group. Um, they just IPO'd uh, in a SPAC you know, SPAC mania, but now their valuation is like 20 to $30 billion. Um, yet they're not commercializing it for five years, but they're touting this as, and appearing to be the leader in commercializing the solid state battery. That's what their investment thesis would have you show. So my take on this is like, wow, it seems really early. They're not planning on delivering a battery cell till 2025. It seems really early to get excited about this, but there's gotta be something there on some level. We have all this fascinating industry people getting excited about it who know more a lot more than me. So with this episode, I kind of wanted to unpack like, what did actually QuantumScape unveil and sort of how far are we from a real commercial car? So I don't know, Jordan, maybe we could have you jump in on, you know, what, what was your take on what did QuantumScape actually, like what do they have when it's all said and done beyond the smoke and mirrors? It's an excellent question because, and I should probably preface, the, preface all of this by saying that um, at some point, lithium ion batteries, uh, we're gonna have to shift from lithium ion batteries to some other technology and solid state looks like the most promising thing deep into the future. Now, with that said, what they unveiled the other day, it, it didn't give me a lot of information as to exactly what their breakthrough was and uh, the type of performance that they're actually getting. And a good example of that is the first slide that they show is a chart of energy density and the type of energy density that you can expect with their technology. If you look in the lower right-hand corner of that chart, it's they've basically taken that information from a research paper from 2015. So not only is this not data out of their lab, it's um, data that's five years old and has the assumptions of technology that's five years old. Yeah, and I thought it, it was really interesting because we know, obviously, not to bring Tesla too much into this, but they are working on a graphite silicon anode that has a much higher potential energy density um, than what they're showing on the chart. It, like, it seems like, what, one of the cruxes that I always saw this, it seems like they kind of ignored Tesla's battery day with every single chart they showed. Like you're saying, 2015 data, um, we're looking at a graphite silicon anode that's tapping out at 325 watt hours per kilogram. Can you explain why that seems outdated or, or what Tesla's doing that may perhaps break that mold? Yeah, that's uh, the technology that Tesla is using, my understanding for their polymer coated silicon, really didn't uh, start getting a lot of research done on it until after 2015. And 
my view is that what Tesla has unveiled is a step further beyond um, some of the best thinking in the industry. They, they, they've kind of uh, taken something that was kind of a long shot, and it looks like they're going to be able to commercialize it. And that's the thing that got Sandy Monroe really excited after Tesla's battery day, right? Where he was like, we don't need solid state anymore. Because they, they kept being this like, okay, well, if the EVs or EV lithium ion batteries are going to hit this limit at 300, 325 watt hours per kilogram, like we need that solid state to be commercialized. But all of a sudden we can get this new path to ramp up to maybe 400, the theoretical limit, maxing out the silicon. Um, so that kind of makes this chart outdated. And then I also think we have a lot of other, uh, I don't know, maybe other technologies that are pushing on this as well. I don't know if you could comment on that. Yeah, there's so uh, one thing that Elon has said lately is that they're uh, he's been dropping hints that they're around 300 watt hours per kilogram. If they're currently around 300 watt hours per kilogram, they're still at pretty low loadings of silicon, and it, it fits in with my thesis that what they're going to do uh, to play it safe is to slowly increase the amount of silicon that they can put in these batteries. Now, once they get to a relatively high loading of silicon, maybe 20 or 30% silicon in the anode, they'll probably be around 350 watt hours per kilogram. But there's still um, other tricks that they might have up their sleeve. There's one thing I've talked about before, which is called pre-lithiation, and that's doping a little bit of extra lithium into the battery um, to, to give it a bit of an energy boost of about seven to 10%. And there's also new current collector foils that are potentially coming out in the next couple of years that are, um, I think the current collector foils account for something like 20% or 30% of the uh, energy density of a battery. So if you can make those thinner uh, with a lighter and cheaper material, like for instance, you, since you take plastic and you coat it with a thin letter, uh, layer of metal foil like you do with like a potato chip bag, uh, you use that instead of a, a pure um, metal current collector, you can start to get up to around 400 watt hours per kilogram. And I think this may be what Elon is hinting to when he says that uh, he expects 400 watt hours per kilogram in volume with long calendar life and cycle life um, in the next three to four years. I see that as completely feasible. Wow. So what Go ahead. <clears throat> yeah, no, it's just insane because it seems like Tesla rewrote the rules of the edge of the lithium ion battery. And then that is what the industry is having to grapple with of like, okay, well, if Tesla can get us a $25,000 car with 300 miles of range, you know, the model two, the, the robo, the hardware for that robo taxi, assuming the software and autonomous vehicle program is there, you know, that's the holy grail. And so to me, what's so fascinating about this, this quantum scape IPO is that their whole pitch is in 2025, we're going to come up with a battery that can fit in a $30,000 car with 300 miles of range. It's like, well, Tesla's already unveiled a roadmap to get there and actually on track to do it sooner. But, but even without focusing too much on Tesla, the other thing I thought was kind of interesting and a red flag here diving deep is like, okay, the 2015 paper thing is interesting. And then if you go two slides ahead to the energy density where it's quantum scape, because the slide we're showing here with the lithium metal, that's not their lithium metal. That's just a random lithium metal anode from a paper. And so if you go to their kind of energy density scope, they've all of a sudden dropped that 400 to 600 range to 350 to 425, if you look at that, their bubble. And so that for, you know, 350 to 425 is right where Tesla's going to be in three to four years. So I think it's very interesting to see of like, okay, the, the point is to not spend too much on Tesla. They're trying to commercialize this battery. That's a step function better than lithium ion. But the second I dive into it, it's like, eh, it's not, even if they hit all the stuff they're saying, it's not actually going to be that much better than what will be on the market by that time. And that's if they hit what they're saying, which is where I want to bring into the next part of the conversation is we've only got this thing, a little pouch. We've got one pouch cell that has been produced 
that they're running all these tests on. And when I learned this, I was like, is it almost ridiculous to think that this, they haven't put these in a battery pack yet. Like one pouch isn't going to power anything. The difficulty is actually assembling a pack out of this. And it sounds like that has two to three years of extremely challenging R&D. And then the specs could come into question at each layer of scaling up the technology. And so, you know, what are your thoughts on this thing of like, was it kind of, were you surprised that they only had a pouch and that got all this hype versus actually a pack? You're throwing a lot at me. <laughs> there's, there's a lot to talk about there. First, it's hard not to bring Tesla's technology into this because um, yeah, th that's, sure. that's the baseline that we're working from. And we had um, uh, nine months, a year to prepare for Tesla Battery Day and to research and be prepared for what they showed us before the day. Whereas QuantumScape, they're just kind of dropping something in our lap. So I had to work with my assumptions um, on, on the day that they released their information. And, and it's since then that I've started to gather a bit more information about it. Uh, but my basic assumption was solid state was pretty far away. And personally, I wasn't expecting them to, to show us anything groundbreaking. And some might argue that they did unveil something groundbreaking, but it's based on what they showed us, I can't tell whether they unveiled something groundbreaking because they didn't actually tell us what their technology is. Um, to say that you're unveiling a breakthrough solid state battery is like saying, um, you know, you're, you're just unveiling uh, a breakthrough battery. And the key important part in there is uh, what kind of electrolyte you're using, uh, how you're actually making that work. Because there's been lots of solid state announcements over the years and it's, well, if there's been all these announcements, there's all, been all these promises, what have you done that makes a difference? And another, another thing you were throwing up is uh, uh, lithium ion batteries and how much further we can take those. There's actually a research name, researcher named, I think it's Dan Steingart. And he uh, did a Twitter, uh, a tweet thread last night. And in that thread, he was basically saying that he, he was reflecting back on um, 10 or 12 years of his experience in the research industry and how much further lithium ion has gone than he expected and the industry expected. It's the same way I, I've made the reference before with the, uh, the silicon industry. Everybody thinks that, you know, five years from now, we're going to have to move to a different type of silicon or something else because, you know, they, they can't see past the five-year horizon. But uh, lithium ion keeps delivering and it's a lot easier to keep fine-tuning those machines and fine-tuning your chemistry to, to push lithium-ion further to jump to a completely different unknown technology. And especially one where even QuantumScape themselves admit, admit is five years away. Yeah, and can you dive a, a little bit deeper on the difficulty of scaling that technology into, because I'm like a skeptic, like I don't know, you know anything about battery technology, I just know my Tesla and that can go 300 miles and it has like this super reliable like workhorse battery like um but i'm curious quantumscape doesn't even have a car we can get in they don't even have a battery pack that we can try it's like the technology is still far away so to me when i'm like okay we have a we can hit thirty thousand dollar price point we can hit this we can hit this much range get this much specs it's like dude like you haven't even done one once like you know what i mean like it just seems like it's right way ahead of the curve so could you talk to us about the challenges of like where they're at now and actually the what they have to do to get that into a pack that could be in an EV that someone could buy. And that's one of the missing pieces. And that's one of the, the first question that was asked by the audience with that panel discussion was, um, what are the challenges you see moving to a multi-layer cell? And for, they didn't answer that in a satisfactorily 
a satisfactory way to me. And there's a good reason why that was the first question from one of the other researchers, because it's easy to make a single layer cell work with a solid state battery. The first question you always have to ask with a solid state battery is how many drops of liquid electrolyte did they add to make this thing work? If they're doing everything that they said they're doing without any liquid electrolyte, then what they've um, announced the other day is a huge breakthrough, and I agree. Um, but they never clarified whether they're using liquid electrolyte. And the reason why liquid electrolyte is an, is, uh, an issue with solid state batteries, especially multi-layer solid state batteries, is because that liquid electrolyte, if it squeezes out around the sides of the, usually it goes, I think, between the cathode and electrolyte. But if that squeezes out and it starts touching the anode, it'll start corroding the anode. And uh, as far as I know, nobody solved that engineering challenge uh, for the time being. And it feels like if they did, they would have mentioned it maybe, or it's, or maybe there was like yeah. worry about infringing <laughs> on IP. Cause I know that that's another thing of like other companies like solid power who we're not even talking about or Toyota who's saying they could come to market sooner with the solid state battery are also claiming to have IP on production. So I wonder if it was like, is it a huge red flag? They, if, if it was a breakthrough, that's like, yeah, we didn't use the liquid electrolyte. Ta-da. Like wouldn't they have said it if they did it or is it like they would have said it, but there was some IP thing. Those are the only, you know, it's kind of like that doesn't really add up. Um, and then, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, absolutely. You're pushing my buttons here. If I was announcing a breakthrough with solid state, I would be make sure to clarify that it's an all solid state battery. And I don't know if they ever even mentioned the words all solid state battery. And those are the key words when it comes to battery research. Is this an almost solid state battery or, <laughs> or is it an all solid state battery? Fascinating. And uh, there, there is, uh, you make a very good point about all the patents because so many people have been working on solid state technologies for so long. And these companies have filed hundreds of patents. Has QuantumScape actually announced something that dodges all those other patents, which is a difficult feat to achieve? Yeah. And the other big thing I keep thinking about the, the pouch cell is like, how do you, and the, this liquid electrolyte. So what's the housing of those cells? It almost feels like we have to have modules. And then I'm curious if we have to have a lot of micro modules from a first principles basis. Tesla's whole breakthrough was like, we don't have modules. That almost is like such a big, you know, first principles boost. I'm curious if, uh, is there going to be loss in the stats of the energy density, watt hours per kilogram, all of these specs, if we have to put in housing for the cells. And it seems like that, that's why to me, I don't buy the specs until we have the pack. Cause there's all these like engineering challenges. That's like, it's like me, like being at kindergarten and like running like really fast for like 10, like two seconds and being like, look how fast I could run. Like my mile time would be three minutes, but it's like, dude, you ran for like four seconds. Like, you know what I mean? It's just extrapolated in like a totally not fair way almost. Yeah. Yeah. They, they've, <sighs> my sister's a chemist. She's a factory floor chemist. And one of the things that she said to me the other day is I wish that the lab chemists had to deal with the dirty, equipment that we have to deal with that moves at 10 times, 100 times faster than what they deal with in the lab. Because they bring us stuff out of the laboratory and then we have to make it work on the factory floor. And oftentimes what works in the, the lab does not work on the factory floor. And to your question about modules, it remains to be seen. Uh, typically solid state batteries, uh, because they are safer, you can use less packaging and less safety materials around them. However, one thing that they noticed and noted in this presentation is that they, they still need a, a pack pressure of about three atmospheres. Three atmospheres is about 
the weight of a 200, 250 pound person on an area the size of a deck of cards. That's still quite a bit of pressure. And then you look at all those cells across the entire floor of the vehicle and making sure they have that nice even pressure across, across all of them. That's a whole lot of structure built around that. So does the fact that it's safer make up for the fact that it's gonna require a potentially extra structure to keep it um, under pressure? And on top of that, um, all the battery cell statistics that they showed us were elevated temperatures, for instance, 30 Celsius and above. Um, yeah, that's, in order to make that work, you either have to heat the battery pack or you're going to have to accept lower performance characteristics. Awesome. And, and to bring it a little more high level, one thing that, like I'm on the business end and I, I see this as, okay, it's an R&D technology for 10 years, venture funds have seven year life like Bill Gates is backing it, just kind of had this FOMO of like, this is the great solid state play and it just got a bunch of money behind it. It's 500 million in the private markets. They look at Nikola, they look at Fisker that, you know, they're like, oh my God, like we're going to get 10 billion in the public markets if we just do a SPAC, all our early investors want to cash out. And so it just makes total sense of why they'd want a SPAC. And this whole event they do is really just an investor relations event. Like I, I think if it was just the scientists in the lab, they would be like, let's wait to say something but because they wanted to capture the valuation. Now all of a sudden we're looking at a company that's trading at 75 or whatever dollars per share. It's like $26 billion in market potential. And I think a lot of people can't read the SEC filings. The Yahoo hasn't updated the market cap stats correctly or whatever on a lot of websites. But if you go to the filing, it looks to me 362 million shares fully diluted. They assume some options. You're looking at $26 billion company that is still five years away pr producing a drop of revenue. Like that to me is insane. And it's like, how do we give them a valuation of 30 billion when they haven't, like what we're saying, this technical challenge is still 80% of the challenges, let's fit it into a pack, is, is gonna be twice as hard as doing the lab. And then what's even twice as hard as that is let's scale it. I, my favorite Elon Musk quote here is, there's quite a bit work and more, there's quite a bit more work in building the machine that builds the machine than in the cell itself. And to me, that entirely sums up the quantum bear case. And that's why I think I, after my research, I'm having a hot take and actually I wanna even, uh, follow up with the fact that I said there's a 200% cost borrow rate. So if you're shorting the stock, you pay a 200% annualized fee to short it. That's un un unbearable. You, you have your short position on for six months, you lose all your money, even if you're right. And so people can't short the stocks. There's an artificial supply, in the, the supply of shares being able to short is artificially constricted by this irrational borrow rate. So you don't have the normal downward pressure that would be, and this is why SPACs are really problematic because it's such a weird way to IPO, the share imbalance. So I know really smart people who are trying to short the stock and all of my finance friends, but they, they almost can't even put on a position because it's literally impossible to, but that will change in the coming days. So even on the back end of the market, stock market dynamics of this, it, it just looks like the euphoria and irrationality has totally been exaggerated by these market conditions. And then, but even beyond that, the, the point I really wanted to get to is like scaling this is, is really the challenge. Like Tesla's put so much energy into the machine that builds the machine. If we need to hit these batteries, like we got the batteries good enough three years ago. We just need to make them cheaper. That's been the real challenge. So um, I'm curious if you, that, yeah. First off, it was a fantastic pun when you said unbearable, <laughs> when you can't short the stock. <laughs> so, um, Accidental. And other, <laughs> it technically is unbearable. So um, in terms of uh, the, the researchers, if it was just researchers, I'm sure it would be pretty quiet. And I think this is the reason why you have, there's competing technologies out there that I feel like are just as far along as QuantumScape or further along. For instance, Solid Power or Toyota, which I expect them to release batteries in the next uh, two to three years. Now, 
And this drives to your point, which is, yeah, they're going to have batteries, but scale and doing them cheaply is another thing. So I'm glad there's companies out there working on this stuff, pushing the edge of the technology forward. So if and when lithium ion batteries run out of um, room to run, we have something else to fall back on. Yeah, that's, that's a good and, summary. And what do you, to play devil's advocate here, JB's on the board. You know, that to me is like, JB's got a special place in my heart. You know, Tesla, the CTO, he really is a pioneer of this. Is it just that this is a cool science project? You know, wh what do they have that other solid state companies don't? Because to me, there, there's something like, right? Like, what do they have that solid power doesn't that's getting JB pumped? And that's what I can't figure out. I don't know. And that, that's what was missing for me. They, there's, there was some promise hidden in those slides that they shared, or I, I wouldn't say it's hidden. It was just, they were hinting to the fact that they had something special. They're saying that they required lower temperatures and they were saying that they required lower pressures, but they left out um, a lot of information, for instance, about the, the liquid electrolyte and they don't have a multi-layer cell yet. So I don't know if JB's involved with it because he thinks it's the most promising technology or because he wants to have his foot in the door and one of these companies to watch how the technology evolves. And I think it's also important to note that a lot of times I try to draw attention to smaller companies like uh, Soteria, Tolga, Novonics, just to illustrate to people that the battery space is larger than Tesla. It's, I'm not saying, um, uh, I think a lot of people think are, I'm biased about quantum scape, but it, it's quite the opposite. I really want QuantumScape to succeed. I'm just disappointed that they didn't reveal what I needed to know in order to get, you know, be able to get behind them and push as well and say, hey, uh, I'll be a champion of QuantumScape as well. Um, and this, this might be why JB has joined QuantumScape to maybe raise its profile and raise the profile of companies outside of Tesla, just how I'm trying to raise the company uh, the profiles of companies outside of Tesla. You wouldn't know it based on like based on all my videos, most of my videos being about Tesla for the past year, but that's because it's taken a year to break down battery day. That's how big it was. What, what I keep coming down to, I heard a really interesting tweet by Sam Chorus is like, uh, maybe this solid state battery shouldn't be commercialized until an electric airplane. And that's when it makes sense. And I know JB really wanted to do an electric airplane. So I thought that was really interesting, but that almost made me feel worse about QuantumScape because what they're pitching here is this EV battery partnership with VW in 2025, an electric car. Then you also have the VW guy saying it's a premium product. So maybe it won't be in the cheapest car. And then I'm like, 2025, we have Tesla with factories all around the world. We have self-driving cars. Like who's buying a VW in 2025, especially if its specs are worse than Tesla and it can't drive itself. Like the business angle didn't make sense to me. And so to me, it's kind of a shame that they're focusing on uh, like this partnership with VW that is like to make a product in five years that doesn't excite me when it's like, no, let's like partner, let's be way more lean. Let's partner with Boeing. Let's partner with Airbus. Let's work on like uh, other, you even mentioned the first time we were chatting about this, like AirPods or like different electronics where the solid state is going to have all these characteristics that are way better versus trying to compete with something on cost and scale that Tesla's already done better. Like the business case makes no sense to me. And I think I'm taking a little bit of a skeptical tone on it. People could say I'm biased, but it's like, I, if it wasn't worth 30 billion and they weren't putting out this presentation, hyping people up saying they're going to sell battery that's going to change the world, then I wouldn't care. I'd be like, dope. It's JB and his homies in the lab. Like this has hella potential. I'm so hyped. I want to be a fan and rooting for every single battery technology that's going forward. But then if you're like showing me 2015 data, you're saying you're ignoring the claims that Elon Musk made at battery day, selling a million EVs saying like the battery technology is not there to have a good EV that can get there. And I'm like, actually, I know it is. And it's the 4680 cell. And so it's like, 
And then you have a lot of investors buying into a $30 billion company that sells batteries. Like we all forgot in this market mania, batteries is the shittiest business to be in. Like it's, you have to buy massive machinery equipment. It's a huge capital investment for extremely low margin, essentially commoditized product that, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to be, to give it as much of, of the benefit of the doubt as possible, but I'm curious what you, your take on that. This is really a, a flying plane technology for solid state because it feels like to me, Elon in the 4680 in the robo taxi, you know, they pushed the, the lithium ion cell to where that tail end of disruption goes to cyber truck, goes to semi trucks. Those are things that maybe the VTOL jet at 400 watt hours per kilogram, if we can get that open up 4680 with silicon and a couple other things. So to me, that's the over, why we can't not mention Tesla because they've literally bumped up the curve of potential of lithium ion technology to where the $30,000 solid state EV doesn't need to exist, yet that's quantum state's business model. So that's kind of like this deep, you know, thing that just doesn't make sense in my mind when I, when I look into this. I've thought about that little, a little bit, but you've, uh, the way you phrased it, um, it really resonates with me. Based on what QuantumScape unveiled last week or the week before, I don't see how that technology can, can be competitive with other, uh, other developments that we're seeing in the space. If they do release this, you know, 2025, 2027, it's going to be more like an alpha of solid state. And perhaps years down the road, maybe 2030, 2035, then it'll really start to hit, hit its stride and it'll really start pulling away from the, the lithium ion silicon batteries and uh, be able to give us something that's uh, really special for VTOL. Yeah, that's, I totally agree. It's, it's, it simply doesn't add up so far, what, what they've revealed to us. And I would like to say something uh, more, more positive than that, and I don't think it's necessarily negative, uh, but I need more data. I need a research paper. I need to know uh, little bits and pieces of information. I don't need to know the detail of how it works, but it, you know, at least let me know if you've used a few drops of, uh, of liquid electrolyte and show a broader range of performance characteristics or a more standard set of performance characteristics that I would generally see in a research paper. Or another thing I noticed in their presentation is that it looks like they use different battery cells for different tests. So it's like they uh, designed a battery cell for the test and rather than using a, a single cell across all those different tests, which is kind of like one of the most important things about the scientific method is that you have a control. You use your control and that way you can, you know, uh, tell the difference across different characteristics. Yeah, um, that's about all I got. <laughs> Fascinating. Well, thank you so much for joining the show, Jordan. It's a, always a blast to have you and your channel is so amazing. I think everybody has to go check it out. Um, before you leave us the last thing, like what, what should we be looking for on QuantumScape? Liquid electrolyte or not? Uh, let's get this into a pack. Like if I'm an investor on the bull side and I'm a shareholder, like those are the uh, things I'm waiting for and looking for is like how fast we get this into a pack and start really testing it. Right? Yeah, absolutely. One of the most important thing, regardless of whether they can tell us they're using a liquid electrolyte or not, if they start doing a multi-layer pouch cell that exhibits the same characteristics across all those different uh, criteria that they showed us uh, two weeks ago, and they use the same battery cell across all those different tests, then I will feel like, okay, you guys really have something here. Um, yeah. You're using the same battery cell across all the tests, and uh, it's... Uh, despite whether you're using a liquid electrolyte or not, it, it appears to be working. 
Yep, that's the progress we're waiting for. Well, awesome. Thank you so much again, Jordan. The Limiting Factor, I'll put the link below. Amazing YouTube channel. Uh, it's just been awesome to watch you blow up, put out some of this battery content and like kind of really watch you become an expert in the field uh, in real time. So, so I just want to say keep it up and yeah, have a great day. Yeah, thanks, man. Cheers.